0: Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to do, it. you don't have to be anything other than nothing. Not many things. <laughs> I would never consider myself
1: only Nassim.
0: Oh shit, alright.
1: So, so I, we'll should start. I go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, do
0: all the things. Yeah. Uh, good morning everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're in a foyer at Arts House North Town who and, and many other people many other people maybe. an infinite number of people. have you tried to merge Nassim and infinite Nassim infinite <laughs> um no
1: I can't say I've tried but sometimes the infinite can reside within maybe. Mm, nice mm.
0: that's nice <laughs> tick <laughs> what are you busy with mate what are you like what's in your body what and what's the things that's residing in your mind that's unanswered?
1: Um, a lot of things,
0: many uh-huh. things. Actually,
1: as for residing in my body as a dancer, mm. which is a part of me, um, I've noticed recently that ballet <laughs> is so in my body Yeah.
0: I can't get it out. But how long have you been doing that? Um, Cause you, did you do it at QD It's QLT. QLT. <laughs> true. <Q-U-T. laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: um, yeah, like once or twice a week. Oh, wow. But that was only for like one year. Before that, it was like off and on. Um, But I've just noticed when I'm improvising now that I keep on ending up in these long lines. It hurts. (laughs)
0: It hurts. Yeah. I've been possessed. Yeah. I remember thinking the same thing when I was going through VCA, that everything that I was putting into my body was going to come out later when I wanted to make work. Hmm. And at what point should I be open to all the things? And then at what point should I start curating the ingredients that I'm going to work with? Mm, okay. But I think when you're at a training institution, you used to be open to all the things.
1: Yeah. It's a bit of a waste if you're not. There's yes. so much going yeah. on all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. But then there's like the good versions and the bad versions of those things. So what do you think when you improvise and then a line comes out? <laughs> I think well like it I, it feels fine it's not like it feels bad but it's just like
1: it's just interesting mm. like being able to acknowledge that because mm. that's probably something I wouldn't have been able to notice I guess it's something that's growing in like the awareness of the body that can bring those things to light yeah mm.
0: yeah it's where I sit about um, improvisation as a form of generating material and there's this like reaching that some people have in their practice for like a a pure or a non-adulterated or a non-contrived physicality. Mm -hmm. But my position on that is that nothing from nothing and everything that comes out has gone in at some point, even if it's only visually, by like on music videos or whatever. And then there's like there's two ways to see what is happening and one way is to see the aesthetic of what is happening and see that it either matches or is different from the aesthetic of what improvisation looks like mm. but then the other way is to see what effect it is that the, the doing of something like the moves is having on the person doing them or having on the people watching them I'm always more interested in that yeah yeah, like I mean, what is being generated in the space?
1: Mm. Um. Yeah, and even things that not related to improvisation, just creating work, for example, is always, you know, it's I and mean, it's a question of authenticity, which I've been thinking about a lot as well. Like, I guess it's the same with improvisation. Like, what do you actually own and what you make, mm. considering it's come from all these different. Mm all these histories yeah. and maybe even like histories before you like you know things that come and from your body from ancestors and yeah yeah, that's been a lot of thinking for me recently
0: yeah well, I guess the approach with language is that if you you use the same language that everybody who can speak that language has access to but you when you make a certain combination of those words they're yours Mm, yeah. Even if they've been done before. Like, they've
1: never been done before, by you...
0: Yeah. Mm. So how do you do that, then? Like, do you jam a lot? Do you improvise to try and find stuff?
1: No, actually, I kind of decided to embrace that. Um, I'm making a work right now at VCA on a couple people. Um, Who? Uh... Unless they're, like, on the run. Saddam <laughs> um, Hussein <laughs> uh, no um, well kind of Saddam Hussein is related to the project anyway I can talk about that a bit um Tammy Bowman Jason Pierce <laughs> Dominique Chea um Simon McWilliams Crystal G um I shouldn't have that much of
0: a problem naming them they've been in my mind so much over the past I don't know <sighs> mm, two months um it's nice to name everybody just in case. Okay? Yeah. People will listen back and they'll be like, what? That's super Easy people." So, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I came into the project and I did a similar one at QL2 last year, the On Course project. Um, but the goal is essentially to just straight up copy videos and photos mm-hmm. of things I've found and just repeat them in the space. Um, and I think I'm still understanding why I'm doing that now but I think primarily it's to understand like, the role of context in these kind of things
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and there's also something really interesting about taking things in this two dimensional screen that's been captured by a camera in past and it's going to be that way forever it's always going to be captured as that moment um, and then bringing it to the three dimensional space because it doesn't work properly a lot of the times like how do you copy someone if this is all the video you have, like, what are the legs doing? But we're trying to be, like, completely, perfectly authentic to what the movements are, mm. what the
0: actions are, what the words are. There's um, this project to try and find the oldest sound recording ever. And a lot of the recording, like, it was such new technology that the recordings even if they're perfectly intact, don't sound like what they would have sounded like because yeah. the recording technology was so bad. Yeah, so and some people are guessing based on what that <laughs> instrument that was recorded sounds like and how, how much it vibrates or doesn't. Like if it's a very solid single note every time it plays a note, but the recording is wobbly, then they have to presume that the recording is a bad recording and then they adjust the recording so that when they play it back they think it sounds like what it was so they're manipulating it on assumption that's risky on context basically yeah on context which I imagine is what you're talking about with like the feed or the costumes or the accents the dancers when they stop the dance and they have to discuss a lift or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah imagine even if if like you're working for one session on a yeah, Hungarian dance or whatever, and you have to speak in Hungarian accents between, like, for the whole rehearsal because something about the muscle activation yeah. is a part of the relearning or the re-embodiment. Or...
1: Embodiment yeah. is, is another really big thing mm. that's come up. You know, the project I'm currently working on, um, well, it's Rachel Wisby's, um, from Rachel's work. That um, It's me and her, we're both working on together, but it's hers. <laughs> I should make sure that I'm not like t- a too much power. I'm a collaborator mm-hmm. um, we're working a lot of embodiment of the environment and landscape in virtual simulations and trying to embody those and then because I've been working my own work at the same time all these things you know, they always feed in together whatever you're working on um, so it's become a point like how do you actually embody these people like it's so different to doing the action yeah. it's so different Um, And you can see it like we do sometimes we like work like let's do the thing and they just do the thing Um, And then they say okay now do it, but let's embody it and it looks completely different Mm. Something about some um, Ideokinetic like awareness Mm. shifts and it's like stunning to watch Like something changed so much like some clarity in the attention.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I think we decided that it was like this replicating and there's recreation. Yes,
0: yeah, and in recreation something becomes alive again.
1: Yeah, it becomes alive. It's and like it, it, you're not just copying the person no. in the video, you become that
0: person in the three-dimensional space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing I can think of that makes me like, conjure up the feelings of that is about a month ago I was practicing driving a road train, like uh, a Kenworth truck and three trailers. <laughs> and I'm at the stage of skill where I'm exactly one for one like I see what my tutor is teaching me and then I try and replicate that yeah. because I don't yet have the connection between what I'm sensing and what I want to achieve there's still a missing link in there and yeah. Yeah. what I need to do um, but I can see that when they are operating the machine that there's a, an embodiment they have the agency decision that says I want to put this machine over there (laughs) and then what happens in their body to do that is that somehow, I don't think they have this language around it but their kinosphere expands and changes shape Mm -hmm. Uh, and suddenly they're not 20 centimetres deep from like nipples to scapula they're like 50 metres long because their actions are being carried out by now this. Yeah. Uh, what do they call that? Basically, biomorphic suit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a mega suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it like
1: it's totally suit.
0: a mega suit. Yeah. And I really am excited to maybe yeah. reach that stage. But then there's like, basically, what I'm, what I, why I haven't got there yet is skill. Hmm. Skill and time to like, turn on all the things where your agency and your sensuality is linked in with the action
1: yeah I'm trying to find that in um, a video game right now Um, Super Smash Bros. Melee Um, it's like from 99 or something on Gamecube Um, when were you born? 98 (laughs) 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 Um, but this is still like honestly it's still one of the most like most played competitive Fighting video games, yeah, um, which is crazy. Like, it wasn't meant to be that, but accidentally, they had a whole bunch of mechanics in it that it turned out that the skill level of the game is insanely high, and people have been playing it still, since it came out, and there's still like there's still like so much better to be at the game. Awesome. And I spent I've spent hundreds of hours like just watching videos, mm. just because I'm so interested in the way that like, and then also learning the personalities behind the game is like there's top five players there's the top five players called the five gods and they are the five like best of the game and those guys are the ones always winning tournaments and then you watch them play and it's just like they have become the characters like they have that such understanding of like what buttons press the right time to end up in the right location Yeah. and I'm trying to get there so like I'm practicing all the time to try and reach that moment Mm -hmm. where like my kinesphere, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, goes into the <laughs> into the TV. Like, they know just how long to, like, instead of pressing the jump button, they, like, slide their thumb off, so they only jump a tiny ah. amount. And then at the same time, like, you can do, like, an attack in mid-air, but you have to press the L button just before you land, so it shortens the animation, so you can go into the next attack sooner. Oh, shit. Cool. There is so much in-depth movement in the game, and, like... I just want to be able to mm. do mm, 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 mm. what my brain wants me to do.
0: Because
1: mm. like I have these plans and I try it and I like it's yeah. but, like I can't do it. <laughs>
0: Which is yeah, also a thing because they wouldn't be able to do that with their bodies. They can only do it with their avatar bodies. Yeah, the avatar. And they're excellent at doing it, at like mm. maneuvering this avatar. And what's a nice way to think about it is to disregard any hierarchy about. It. IRL body or avatar body that it's all just like you and your desire for affecting something
1: yeah mm. it's no longer like the controller kind of ceases to exist it's yeah. just yeah, your yeah. brain knows how to move to where you need yeah. to be and then it becomes less about your own movement and more about your movement in relationship to the other person because that's the yeah. variable that you need to constantly adjust and adapt to ah,
0: right. to yeah. actually which is again context
1: yeah which is the context of that situation which is so interesting
0: makes me think about because I've definitely done things where like I think I'm pressing the jump button at the right time but it's not doing what I think it should be doing and so you assume that it's shit but actually you're not you're shit you're shit (laughs) shit, man (laughs) so there's like a failure to control my avatar body and Mm. the way that I also know that is when I've like like when you pop and then you get popping fatigue and you can't hit as hard anymore. Yeah, right. And you're at the, like, the finals, finally, and but you just can't hit as hard anymore and you've got, like, the brain's doing the same thing and the body is done. Mm-hmm. It's not responding. It's like your, your computer avatar. Mm. Which I guess I love seeing, like... Um, Olympic weightlifters or whatever when they're, when they're right at that limit <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I don't know I always, know. Think I always yeah. just think about the pictures I've seen the news of like this
0: slow motion shoulder coming out mm-hmm. yeah anyway sorry as you are saying yeah just that moment where you're you're telling your body to action something and it's not it can't like you've reached capacity and I like that idea
1: Yeah, acting on that kind of exterior object to the body as well. Like, you can't control it properly. Mm. Like, you're never going to be able to properly control it as an extension of your body. Mm. Well, maybe. But it's like an attempt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's an attempt, and it it reminds you of your mortality and your fallibility. Mm. Which I think gets even more tricky when it comes down to, like, mental capacity. If you actually lack say, mathematical mental capacity or um, emotional, like, empathetic capacity, then it doesn't matter how much you want to understand someone or something, mm. actually you, you have a limit, like a muscle fatigue or a, a latency in the programming. Or Yeah. But then that's maybe where the power of live dance and performing can happen. In the failure. In the it's like a training for empathy. It's getting yeah, okay. for how to hmm. ghost into another body that's having an experience. It's like a yeah. I don't know, I just remember my mum saying that she can't dance the way that she wants to anymore. And so she has to get the pleasure from watching people dance in the way she wants to. So she still can do a cha-cha or whatever for fun, (laughs) but um, not as fast or as live as the desire is to match the music that's playing. It's going to happen to us all. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to happen to us all. So this project with everyone that you're making, that you're heading up, what's the process?
1: Um, It's very fluid and confusing and emotional and frustrating. And it keeps not working and then working really well. Um, Kind of what we've... Because what we started out with is we spent like the first kind of two months or a month and a bit um, purely just learning material of things. Mm -hmm. And then... How did you choose what you chose? I have no idea. That's one of the most frustrating parts. I keep choosing things and I'm like, why...
0: Yeah, because it could be yeah, anything. I don't
1: it could be anything. Or it's like there's a whole video and there's 10 seconds in the middle, and I'm like, that's it, that's the
0: shit, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. I love that certainty.
1: Yeah, and I'm just so sure of myself, but like, <laughs> but there's no logic. Well, there's yeah. logic, but.
0: Well, there's obvious, like, you're sensitive to something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Most of the time, it's like um, kind of idiosyncratic or like unaware actions mm-hmm. that someone's doing, and then mm-hmm. learning that so difficult because like because I was spending like a lot of because I just I don't know I listened to so much like hip-hop and that kind of genre um, and I love watching videos of people that have that like hip-hop's in their bodies it's like when they're rapping and stuff and they have all these hand actions so just things that come totally naturally mm. but everyone's got their own way of doing it so learning how Jaden Smith raps
0: is so hard yeah right like physically the physical actions of the body
1: yeah Yeah. so hard but it's so awesome like I just like will learn it and then I'll watch them do it and I'll be
0: like yes I'll be like that's it that's it there's I remember what was it even like um like rock ballad singers or classical singers that like put the finger where the note needs to (laughs) go in the air and I feel like rappers are doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's like, kind of they've, they've got it's like this kind of synesthesia kind of thing. It's like the words are in front of them, and they're yeah, like yeah. pointing at them and directing like, like, them or giving them Like Whack them draft. Yeah, Eminem's <laughs>
0: <laughs> going crazy. Um, how did you choose? How do you choose like Jaden Smith to learn? Do you do you just watch heaps of rappers I mean, and Jaden know, Smith is one, just or? a king. He's such a. Oh, have you heard his music? Mm-hmm. Um do you, do you like obsessed. which video did you learn?
1: Um Scarface okay. is well we learned Scarface, we learned a bit of Like This was a song he did with Richie the Kid. Um I think that's all the Jaden stuff we did. We learned a couple other things, but they kinda of fell away because so they weren't very interesting. Like him passing out on stage. Oh, we did that. Then. Being just too drunk or from rapping too hard, <laughs> I don't know. he's like going crazy, he's so energetic, and he's just like <laughs> wow, drops the mic and just falls over, not breathing, maybe. Um, and there's just like one part where he kind of it's like a long cut, hmm. like because everything else, you know, in is nowadays, anyway, it's always like snap, snap, next thing, next thing, next thing, and there's this one, like, kind of one minute chunk, whoa, which is just him kind of like sitting on like this massive wall. just kind of like looking around and like every now and then he's like thinking about the lyrics but sometimes he's not, just doing his own thing. Um, And we did that. I don't don't know why though, because there's so much other stuff in there. But but then we did, um, so yeah, a lot of it's rap. We also did this duo, um, Marlo and Shuffle T, who are these like battle rappers in um, London, I think, UK. Um, so they've got these great accents. So, so good. Um, they such good accents. I wasn't expecting as well, like, because the accent's part of the context too. And then, like, we'd learn it and I'd be like, do it. And then all my, like, collaborators would do it with the accent. And I was like, whoa, so I was not expecting that. But, like, they were, like, just trying to be as authentic as possible. So mm, they decided that was it's necessary. it's
0: still a physical action. Yeah. With, like, the broadening of the palette and the... The yeah yeah I think I think that about reggae sometimes like, right yeah would it be as nice to my ear if that accent was normalized in my life would I find it as musical yeah yeah I think that's kind of I don't know but then there's something weird about that
1: that yeah. I've noticed in between like hip-hop because like a lot of people listen to American hip-hop and say that Australian rap is like trash because the accents are so different, and you know a lot of Australians say that too. But
0: but <laughs> then I wonder about like Delta Goodrum and Missy Higgins and and when I did singing lessons uh, at your age, oh, I wish I was doing singing lessons. It's not too late, mate. I'm gonna I should, I'm <laughs> gonna do it for the holidays. Uh, there's uh, you're trained to be more legible in your pronunciation. But Mm. to be more legible changes your accent because the Australian accent is apparently less legible than other accents. Uh, And in classical, then that's, like, a broad British accent. Like, uh, Mm. what's his name? Patrick, the captain of the starship. Star Trek. um, Um the
1: character or the actor no, the actual actor <laughs> like I but like in Quellen or
0: um oh um Patrick no I don't remember anyway people listening will know and I'll be like what an idiot man. <laughs> but then
1: but then like at the same time like some of the oh yeah I mean legibility is subjective too exactly so, so that's the problem what, like, my thing it's yeah. like who are you making
0: it there's a, for absolutely and there's a there's a, there's a hierarchy of power within mm. who you assume that you're making it for when you're trying to make something for a broad audience. Uh, and yeah. then there's also like American musicals that when they get remounted in Australia with Australian cast they still have to do the twangy New York American accent. Also
1: because the way things like rhyme or work is a line, like they're, they're forced <laughs> to do it. <they're> <laughs> yes. um, you, you listen to Hamilton? Musical, no. It's incredible. So good. It's so you will cry. (laughs) You will cry many times. Um, But yeah, I'm just like sure when that comes to Australia, like Mm -hmm. it's they're gonna have to either rewrite massive chunks of it Mm -hmm. because it's all rap.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, it won't work. It just won't work. Awesome. That's so exciting that that we have to make that
0: decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have? Did you keep the? accents when people were doing it with the accents um and you try it in other accents like not even in, in your native accent but try it in like
1: yeah i really love um and it's something else about context as well like yeah. just doing songs with like really aussie accents or what comes naturally yeah like i don't yeah. know it just makes me really you think you connect. have a really aussie accent not a really aussie accent a lot of people say i have an american accent Hmm. A lot of the time I get, like, well, like I'm in public or something, and someone will be like, I remember this American guy once said, ah, oh, so
0: where in America are you from? And I was like, yeah. hey, who are you? <laughs> I was, like, Maybe he's just trying to claim you. It's like, this guy's cool. This guy's cool. Yeah, <laughs> look at him. Must be. Must cool. be one of me. <laughs> yeah. I got, yeah. I, I wonder about that, too. But then, like, accents, like a fluid thing, you know? It's, yeah, and changing. So that's, yeah. my theory is that, like, 2000s babies... I watch more American TV than, like, 80s babies like myself. Right, good point. And then, like, 60s babies were watching all BBC, British... um, Oh, my God! Yeah! That's so... Well, it makes sense. yeah. Yeah, and so it actually just changes based on your influences. Wow, that's exciting. But do you have lots of accents in your life? Um, when I was a little
1: baby boy, um... So, two years ago. In the early 2000s. In the early 2000s. um, My family, we were moving, my parents were on like a sabbatical or something. So, we went to Atlanta um, because they're both doctors. There's a big medical center over there. So, we went to Atlanta for a little bit and we lived in Uganda for a little bit. And when I watch recordings of us in that country, I had the accent. Oh, wow. I used to have a really strong Ugandan accent as a little kid really strong. I do that is, actually. I yeah. just remember saying, like, look, Aliza," uh, <laughs> like that. And that's, like, a prime memory. I remember watching home videos and wow. just being like, um, yeah, like, that's me. That was my voice. Cool. So I've already been through, like...
0: A few accents. A few accent changes. Yeah, right. So you know that it's totally just contextual and... Yeah. Morphing. Yeah. Mm.
1: I had this show that I did last year, which was, like, this kind of poetry, rap, dance performance, um... And then afterwards I was talking to people that had watched it and they were like you rap with like an American accent and I was like what the fuck like mm-hmm. I didn't I don't think I do but then there's that thing of if you want something to rhyme you have to kind of change it and then people can take that or they think it's rap rap is from America you're doing it with an American accent like their mm-hmm.
0: brain may filter it do you think people are like you do ballet with a French and <laughs> a flair <laughs> Probably not. No, my ballet
1: teachers. Well, not all of them, but, like, I love ballet teachers. Um, Parajah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. I think that's great. It's like reclaiming it. <laughs> Reclaiming's a big thing.
0: What do you do in your process apart from learning rap videos? Like, how, when does yeah. the dancing get made? Um, well, one of the
1: things... Well, I think that's all the dancing. Okay. All of it's dancing. That's, um... I think dance has been a big classroom point for me recently because, like, I came to the VCA so I could, like, get good at dancing. Mm. And it didn't take long for me to realize that it wasn't very interesting (laughs) for me.
0: Like, just dancing. No. Well, Uh, I also don't... It may have changed in ten years. Yeah. Because I graduated in 2006. Probably not. (laughs) But maybe not. I didn't feel like I was being taught had to dance good when I went through VCA. Somehow what was lucky for me is, you know, when you like, you think you know what you want and then you get what you actually need. It was one of those situations where what I got was a new, more integrated relationship that I could have with my physical self
1: yeah I think it teaches you a lot about awareness there's a lot of attention made to like yeah. and now like we're doing like kinesiology Feldenkrais anatomy like yeah. trying really hard to create that awareness and I think that's like such a foundation like kind of one of the most important things to learn mm-hmm. especially in a kind of institution where you're working it's a bit in. of a superpower. It's a superpower. It's absolutely a superpower. Didn't notice things. Especially Didn't when you're walking around I the notice. real world and you're looking at people and you're just like, dude. <laughs> Pelvic alignment, <man.
0: laughs>
1: You are going to get injured within two days. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a superpower.
1: But that's when the dancing comes in. Um, the other, uh, one of the weeks I just came in and we just did a massive dance race. And I don't know why. Where it why come it from? Your body. <laughs> Came from here, man. It came from Seoul. Um, Is that my left pec? My left pec. It was all a Um Well, at the time, I'm still kind of injured. My right knee, I couldn't like really bend it or straighten it properly. So later, I noticed once I'd healed that the whole phrase mm. was like this. Like you know, it was rolling around the ground. There were a lot of tricks and stuff, but the whole time, mm. straight. So I think that was like really interesting. Uh, like suddenly, it didn't become just a dance phrase, but it was like. I wanted them to try and because it's still the same thing of embodying and copying and replicating or recreating Mm. but now they're copying me when i was moving with the limitation Mm. which is maybe like it's just interesting that that's so different to like whatever would normally happen if i wasn't at that stage
0: are there um are there people who dance the way that you want to dance like, is it that one-for-one, one, or is there, like, people working in ways that are interesting and then from that extrapolates an approach? Because I remember mm-hmm. going through VCA realising that I wasn't learning how to dance good, but I was learning how to be in my body. And then there were specific people that were not in Melbourne that I was like, okay, I want to have that palette of moves so that when I improvise and when I jam, that they can all come out. And so I need to put them in there. Yeah. I think Jaden Smith is what I was <laughs> And are you going to
1: do a collab? I should totally up? hit him up. He, I don't think he'd answer. Cool. No. But maybe, the shot. Just make a music video and send it off. And yeah. But I'll make a music video, which is exactly what he did. Have you seen the video of the person that copied the Beyonce oh. clip? Like, it's this dude. Yeah. Um, and they just... Countdown I think it was and he yeah. edited it all he made the exact thing you watch the side by side it's perfect wow it's perfect You know? is it like when
0: Beyonce made a perfect copy of
1: and it's really yeah. yeah well that's the weird thing right because then they copied that but that in itself was a copy so like how far are we going to go down this rabbit hole which is another thing actually that's been coming up in my work because like like if we do this music video by Jaden Smith. Mm. Then we're also going to be learning part of the lyrics. Mm. But then the lyrics are sourced from something else sometimes. he might quote something or like... Uh, yeah. Or he uses a sample that's from a different song. Yeah. Like one of the songs we're using is the song Ghost by this little American artist called Melty Cannon.
0: Mm.
1: I think that's his name. He changes it all the time. Um, and it's got a sample of uh, Porcelain by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. So then all of a sudden, like, I don't just have ghost is a song I'm using like essentially I'm using porcelain as well yeah so then I added that into the work so like yeah. we've got a playlist which kind of has the primary things we learn and then the samples that comes from and then the samples that those come from that's cool it's kind of like a family tree yeah bit of all these things we're learning
0: why you know how there's some songs where the sample gets slowed down so you fit in the song what if you sped the song up until so it got, the sample is authentic the samples add its authentic reference um, and the rest of the song has had to like, lock into place with it. And then yeah. even your dance that you've made up has to yeah. become Yeah, force authenticity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then you're you're switching backwards and forwards between which song you're actually doing the dance to.
1: Mm. Recontextualizing again. Yeah, every time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think sampling's a really interesting reference to
1: recontextualizing. There's
0: yeah, there's an amazing thing in breakdance culture about there's an expectation that you have foundation moves. But then there's also... You can lose battles if you're stealing moves, if you're biting moves. So there's some, like, agreements across the board about what is the moves that we all do that
1: signify the uh, yeah.
0: community. Yeah. But what are the moves that have been authored by certain B-boys or crews or B-girls? Or so that's, like, the culture... Like, what is the shared culture? Yeah. And then is, where do we go from there? That's yeah. Hard. Isn't it? Because it's... it's You would think that it would be super blurry. Yeah. But somehow... Not. Really? I don't know. It just doesn't seem to... Like, you need to know. You need to know what's going on yeah. with all the crews and who's doing what. And if someone does something and, the, and a crew calls them out for biting it, then I guess it's your job as an adjudicator to know who they think that move belongs to and where else they would have seen it. Yeah. Because I totally bit Sideways Caterpillar from um, a dude in Gravity Warriors that was a crew in in Brisbane a long time ago, Um, and then did it in a battle that no one knew.
1: So It's yours. Because then I the next people that like, watch that can be like, I'm oh, not did that. Natty exactly. C so did that. That's
0: it. And then when I bring it into contemporary dance, put it on a stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't contemporary dance great? You just steal <laughs> everything and
1: all of a sudden it's yours. Like, yeah. well, it's always kind of been yours, I guess. Because everything's available
0: so that you already own everything. Yeah, but that's that thing that he's, I think he said really nicely about you can own something enough to replicate it. But owning it at the level of embodiment is a different.
1: Yeah, the recreation. Yeah. It means you need to have an understanding of the thing from the ground up.
0: Yeah. Like, even if the thing that you, like, even if the way that you understand it is now different from the way that another person understood it, it's now become yours. Hmm. Like, I do know. I, when I was getting on the plane yesterday, there was a dude in a hoodie that was sitting down in a chair already, but I thought he was wearing a veil. Like a headscarf, and so and I didn't, and I at the, at the time I didn't know whether he was um, like a sister in the Catholic Church or a Muslim woman that was wearing a headscarf, and then it was a dude in a hoodie, <laughs> 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 so it's like oh, it's actually all the same thing, but
1: I mean, yeah, and it is all the same thing too. I mean, that's a complicated thing with religion, I guess. Yeah, this none no, this
0: because is like if that, if that dude's wearing a hoodie because he feels like he's identifies in the street or hip-hop world then like, that's his religion as well and he's like replicating and taking after mm, people true yeah unless he's just like a dockside worker and it's really cold and
1: <laughs> yeah but then he's replicating like well it's not replicating but it's like some kind of response to the environment mm-hmm. and being controlled by the environment is that way is really interesting
0: how do you go with that living in Melbourne because there's quite I'm going to frame... I'm going to give context to this question. In Sydney, it feels like there's enough... Uh, what are you gonna, uh, things are so splintered... Segmentation. Yeah, there's heaps of segmentation of skill and interest and in art form and communities that I never feel a push in any direction. Oh, man. But I, But I did feel that in Melbourne, and... We're always making things in response to other things. So I wonder what you've picked up is like what you're making in response to. Or is it just you Um
1: It's it's all just Jaden Smith really. <laughs> No, I mean I mean if I take it way back by the way, like the work stemmed from me watching like Super Smash Bros. Melee videos and just liking the way that they popped off on the one one. That's how it's going to work. But the way that they were? Popped off when they won. Oh, yeah. They call it just a pop-off and it's good go nuts with it. Um, but what is it a response to? I think it's a response to, like, the severe lack of authenticity I've seen in a lot of stuff. Mm. Well, not authenticity, but, like, um, well, maybe authenticity.
0: I don't even know what that word really no. defines. It's kind of trap. nothing. It's a trap. But maybe, maybe there's something like there's too much irony. Maybe it's between irony and sincerity and Mm. so when you're sincerely you're not you're not learning to replicate to reference ironically you're embodying so that you can create this new thing
1: yeah and create this new thing and like kind of prove in a way that context is this fluid Mm. thing that was a realization I had about 20 minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) I like wrote it down like oh shit oh Um, shit that's it I did it um um, one moment I had after seeing a recent work... <laughs> I don't know if I want to um, discuss the work yet. But then afterwards, um, me and my friend Patrick... Oh, you know Patrick. Patrick yeah. Walker, yeah. Um, we went to his place, uh, had some sides, and we wrote an essay about it. Um, and, like, I just think that a lot of works shouldn't have culminated in the work based on what they were trying to achieve. Like... Mm-hmm. Like that work and a lot of works I've seen recently should have been like an essay.
0: Like yeah, the form they didn't, does not the, match form the did not, interest yeah. of the research or the yeah. project.
1: It was just unnecessary to make it a movement work. Yeah, fuck. And that's a, like like I just yeah I just think it's such a waste of like and a lot of major companies in Australia right now too like. I just don't think movement's the way to kind of depict the ideas that they're facing. Or yeah. sometimes the ideas that they're addressing aren't even, like, fleshed in a way that makes, like, sourcing, like, like trying to research into it or, like, understand what they're trying to achieve, like, interesting.
0: How do you co-write an essay? Did you, did you both, like, write your own essays? Or you...
1: No, we, um, we wrote a dot point, a list of dot points okay. that we wanted to... Like, it was more like... Uh, more, less like an essay more like an attack <laughs> 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 to be honest it was aggressive um, yeah, but you're working out what you think
0: yeah so you can't
1: yeah um, we it's kind of like I do like so you know we had our dot points then we kind of wrote like a paragraph for each dot point and kind of like I'd take the computer on my lap do some things he'd look over and be like use that word or use that word or yeah. this isn't working what can I do help me and then you know after that paragraph's done give to him he'd write mm-hmm. then afterwards we went through looked at typos Um, It was pretty late into the night at that point, so we didn't catch all of them. Did it go public? Um, No, it didn't go public. We shared it to our friend Rachel, who also agreed. (laughs) But um, we also realized the next day that it was probably a bit more aggressive
0: than it needed to be. (laughs) But sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes these things are good because they're they're articulated so clearly. When the position is so well-articulated... The attacks are discussion points rather than um, something that needs to be defence. Mm. Something people needed to be defensive. There were
1: some points of the essay which I thought were actually really relevant. Mm. A lot of it was a joke. A lot of it was just kind of joking at like things that weren't.
0: Oh mm. um, well, that's all. How do you know when the thing that you're working on doesn't need to be dance? Um it doesn't need to be a live show. Well I guess bodies. the problem is that, that like I thought that, but it got
1: a, <laughs> bit, like the show got a standing ovation.
0: Oh no. So,
1: you know, clearly Actually no, by standing ovation I mean the guy next to us is having applauded
0: and we were just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I always am torn, especially when the dancers are working real hard, because they I want oh, I no. want to stand up for them. Yeah. But I don't want to uh, condone the choreographic material that has been put in front of us, but I really want to applaud the dancers for sticking yeah. with the process and then presenting it and putting their bodies in the line.
1: I agree. That's how I felt. It's, it's really just hard. I just think those kind of works, I can't imagine them being satisfying to work on.
0: But that's kind of sometimes. Sometimes it's just satisfying to, to be like One, two, three,
1: four, go! Yeah. 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 Yeah, Totally. But um, yeah, it's complicated because you don't know who to actually congratulate.
0: Do you know? Will you know in this process that you're doing now? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't need to be performed.
1: I think it's already been
0: performed, yeah. um, I don't think it actually
1: is going to like it's going to have like a showing mm-hmm. but as a performance, like well, kind of also, because what it's become now is we have the different kind of things we've learned, the sections mm-hmm. and some of the sections, like I said, just like singing a song, mm-hmm. like singing along with a song, because it's a song that I have a lot of like personal attachments to. Like this is a song I always sung with like my siblings in the car. So like we put it in, and then they'll do it. Like, in a Ugandan
0: accent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, uh, <laughs> no, maybe not. It become, <laughs> you can like, do uh, and by then.
1: I was uh, long, long time campfire. I'm always Kanzaren. Well, I don't know. Um, but um, it's become like an improvised score, kind of. Like we have the different sections and in the and order. But then there's freedom within to shift mm-hmm. and alter. And none of the things are actually solid anymore. It's like, yeah, that we know the Jaden Smith thing. We learned it so faces this way, and we're all doing it in unison. Mm-hmm. But then that's not really necessary anymore. It's like an option. So there's freedom to change within that. Like, they can do it at different times. They can do it wherever they want in space. They
0: can not do it. They can do it. You, how do you work in some kind of guarantee? That the, you won't be misrepresented by the choices that your performers make?
1: I think that um, it'd be uh, like, not irresponsible, but like, I think if I don't give them that freedom, then yeah. what's the point, yeah. you know? Like, if it doesn't fail, then it's failed. You know? <laughs> it needs to fail. I just think there needs to be more failure, in, yeah.
0: especially in something like major companies. But then there's that funny really thing that that work that you saw, you feel like it failed. But yeah, true, that but, it, but there
1: was no failure in it. Like, <laughs> I just want to see someone fuck up. Actually, there was a point where, like, something happened and it shouldn't have happened. Like, it just, like, you could tell that they hadn't thought something through properly and it didn't work out the way that it should have. And it was the best part. Yeah. Me and Patrick both agreed. It was the best part. Um, but, like, I need to give my collaborators that freedom,
0: so... Otherwise they're not collaborators.
1: Otherwise they're not collaborators, yeah, exactly. Otherwise they're just kind of performers, and I think that's kind of uh, limiting. I wouldn't want
0: to be in that position. No, well, yeah, it's just about how you want to work. My favorite thing is to watch the people who are performing make the decision to do the thing. Yeah. Um, I love decisions, I love watching yeah. decisions be made and then watching them having to ride that decision out, yeah, and
1: like <laughs> knowing that it 's not working and yeah. then making that decision, do I give up, yeah. or do I keep going yeah. and sometimes it 's great to watch people give up, yeah, I started telling the, um, I started telling people, I was like, let someone in the group down, like I know that you 're trying to support them or something, but just for once, like support them, and then give up on them. like mm. you know, just like let someone down is hard <laughs> it 's really hard, but I think it's interesting to watch and like it's pushing your decision making like to mm. something you would not normally do so as for like um how it's going to be performed and I know that it shouldn't have been an essay like I don't know how relevant that is to what this is because it's like already been performed a number of times yeah and like it's not gonna be like this is the show, this is the performance we have to like do perfectly because it's the one I'm getting marked on. Yeah. Like, it's just like the you know, assessors or whatever will just see like the process. And the process is the performance. And it kind of never really happened because it doesn't exist in a way. Like something I've been thinking about a lot with performance is that I mean, yeah, as I said, like, sometimes it's not necessary when you think it is. And then I think this performance is necessary because I'm learning a lot from it. My collaborators are learning a lot from it. People that have watched it and, like, talked about it, like, they've got things to talk about. Like, it's progressed them in a way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, someone is going to watch it and think that should have been necessary. So... There's nothing I can really do about that. In fact, I feel if someone doesn't say should it should be an essay, then it failed. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, cause I guess the other thing is it is going to be an essay. I have to write an accompanying essay as part oh, of the subject. Yeah, right. So be like, they'll be like, I oh, should it be an essay. I'm like, oh, here it is. <laughs> mm. I've covered all my bases. Until someone says that should have been, like, the film.
0: (laughs) Um. How was it getting a jaywalking fine?
1: Oh, yeah, that was... That was, um... That was a really big turning moment in my life. Like, it was the... I mean, mean, look, the thing is, I was talking to Luke about this last night. Um. Luke (laughs) Fryer. Um... And I don't know if I've actually come to the point where I've started to exaggerate what happened. Um, but I didn't know how important that is because either way, like, it did happen. And I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But then, if I have, then I don't know what to do about
0: that. Mm. But either way, yeah... Um, Just to wait till you have kids one day, and (laughs) then you get to exaggerate every story. (laughs) we like, so this one time, the police find me $4,000. They beat me. They beat me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It was scary when I told my mom, actually, because one of the first things I did after was I called my dad, and I started, like, semi-crying and breaking down, because, like, I felt very victimized as, like, a dark person. Yeah. Perhaps. Which is
0: weird, eh? Because we're... The same colour.
1: Oh uh, well it's winter now, man. I haven't tanned in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's it's you know, it's not just the colour. No, it's like no. I know, I know I do. what you mean. I was just talking about how they like that set of words is a reference towards so much more than what Yeah, it is it means.
1: So it's 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 complicated and difficult to articulate because yeah. like um I mean, it just its like, you know, gender and race and colour and all these things yeah. really context. context. It's all context. Like, yeah. at the time, right, it was raining, so I had my hoodie on with the hood up. Yeah. And that was probably the worst thing I could
0: have done, like, you know? He probably, he could have thought you were a nun. <laughs> he could have thought I could be some nice Muslim woman. <laughs> um. Did you experience, the, I know, I met this dude. Anyway. I'll get the details wrong, so I just asked the question instead, <laughs> which was, "How did you did you experience any of this in other places you've lived, Atlanta or Uganda, or because um, they're so different contexts?"
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I was a little course. kid. Yeah. I have I have one memory of Uganda, and that's looking down a waterfall. Mm. And actually, I have America as oh a memory in America when I um, was on the Alice in Wonderland ride at Disneyland. <laughs> that's it. Wow. So I don't know how racist Alice was, but <laughs> <laughs> she might apparently, have said something. <laughs> apparently she was
0: inspired by like this young girl. It was like, popular or common to have, if you're a man of wealth, to have a 12 or 13-year-old girl who would visit you and you would talk and have tea and stuff. Wow. And then other shit yeah. may or may not happen, but it was never discussed. Mm. And that's what inspired... This story and this character, she was modelled off this particular girl who would visit this professor or this writer. Wow. Yeah. Which is so weird because I also met this dude in um, in Sydney that I met up with him in Tokyo, and he, his fam- he grew up, he's white, but he grew up in a small village in Japan, and his family were approached by a samurai. Um, like offer their son this position of being samurai's boy lover which was very prestigious um, socially in that culture and so the family were like of course because that's such an honour to serve a samurai and it's something that would be like so totally fucked up in this culture in this time but in those two instances in those cultures in those times yeah it was a totally different thing
1: yeah yeah it's all just context I guess yeah it's the biggest thing um but yeah like I for sort of have I like, faced it in other places like um I mean there's always subtle prejudice yeah. like when someone hears
0: my name or like is um, it true that one S is for a boy and two S is for a girl uh it's all It's all fluid, really. I mean, I think think with
1: naming, especially, because, like... Life's so fluid. Life's (laughs) so fluid. I think naming, especially, I mean, just always, like... I mean, especially in something, like, which is traditionally Arabic, like, it's impossible to properly translate. Yeah. I mean, all all languages are kind of awkward to translate.
0: Because it's phonetic, like, so how do you turn that to English? And it's all tied to so so much history and so much connotation. Yeah. uh, And embodiment of some of those words as well. Yeah. I remember someone telling me this excellent movie that I had to watch, but that they would have to be with me because some of the puns I wouldn't get through the translation. Yeah. And they would right. have to give me the context so that, could, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that I could. So. Yeah, exactly. So that I could appreciate it at, at the level that they wanted me to appreciate it at. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Translations
1: are fickle, confusing thing, isn't it? I mean, if you look up. Actually, I was just doing this yesterday. I looked up what my whole name meant. And essentially, my full name translates to Handsome Breeze Chieftain. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, so like, okay. So, like, that means a lot.
0: Yeah. Shit, you know? that's awesome. Matt trans- like Matthew translates as Right Hand of God. That's right,
1: yeah. I think that's interesting how um, so many people have, like, such religious names. Like, it's so. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah,
0: that's amazing. It is a weird thing.
1: Well, I think actually, with the spelling of names, is like the way my father's, um, all his family's names are spelled, it was really interesting because they were born in, well, my dad and his siblings are born in South Africa. Um, his parents are from India, they traveled there. Um, and so, how they got their names officially written down was they went up to, like, you know, the kind of South African, whatever kind of station it was around there to get, like, proper certificates to stop this, like, what's your name? And you'd be like, Muhammad. And you'd just be like, okay. Then he writes it down however he thought it was going to be spelled.
0: Shit.
1: So that's why, you know, normally Muhammad would be spelled like Muhammad. Yeah. Then my dad's spelled like Mahomed. Oh. Like M-A-H-O. Yeah, right. Or like, um, like my grandmother's name is like, it's uh, difficult to pronounce now as well because now, like, the pronunciation's being altered with the English spell. Yeah. But, like, it's like Rekia which is also my sister's name. Mm. But my sister's name and my grandmother's name are completely different.
0: Wow. It's the same name, but they're so different.
1: Yeah, because like one is more official and one was just written down by some random dude the way it was kind of like sounded.
0: Yeah, apparently Shakespeare's name is spelt differently all the time. Probably, in his own yeah. In writings, wherever he's saying his own name. It's
1: fluid. It's <laughs> all fluid.
0: Names <laughs> are fluid. I often get... Um, Mistaken as American when I'm overseas mm-hmm. in Europe, especially. But then, when I was in Philippines recently, a lot of people asked me if I was Pinoy, if I was Filipino. No or then once I like had this moustache that I hadn't managed to shave in a while, and someone asked me if I was Spanish. <laughs> like, I was like, but then I, also, yeah. I was on this photo shoot with this dude um, who was one of the performers, uh, Jonas, and he just asked what half I was. <laughs> like that was going to give him more context about who I was and how we could connect wow yeah
1: being half is something is powerful
0: mix it's like get hybrid
1: it's like a hybrid <laughs> yeah. it's the next step of evolution
0: it is evolution I, I entirely believe hmm. that um the way past racial prejudice is just for more people to um cross-racially fall in love and have babies
1: everyone to just be beige yeah <laughs> to be the color <laughs> of the human race there's um, uh, I think it's Melbourne-based or it's just Australian rap label now called House of Beige. House of Beige.
0: Nice. It
1: just features a bunch of people. I think like um, Rammy's in it. How? Um, a lot of really big Australian rappers are all part of House of Beige. I think are you better. gonna? Are you gonna be a rapper? I think I already am a rapper. Yeah. I've got three songs on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, boy. And are you gonna get on House of Beige? House of Beige is, like, a dream. But yeah. I don't actually know if I'm committed enough or interested enough in, like, being in that kind of... Not being well. that kind of rapper. Yeah. Where it's about... I mean, it's not always about, but there's, like, a strong sense of ego in rap. Is
0: there... Is, there, is it exclusive to beige people?
1: I don't know, like... House of Beige. I don't know how much I know about the actual. Yeah. Like, so I'm not just going to be like, yes. Believe <laughs> it so. I just know that most of the people in it are... Mm. Beige. <laughs> um. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to be part of House of Beige. It's a cool bunch of people, but mm. whenever I write raps now, this to what I used to when I was younger. Mm. Now it just gets philosophical, goes in questions, and I realize that rap's not really an efficient way to... Um, communicate
0: ideas, some of
1: the time. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
0: Yeah, because there's a, there's a learning curve of people's ability to hear what's being said and then to yeah. take interest in the way that it's intertwined. Like, you need to build up a skill to listen in to that. Yeah, you do.
1: I think there's also something interesting about Whenever I play Friends, like rap or whatever, they'd be like, wow, this album's really good. And I'm like, we've been through like eight different artists <laughs> and they just all think it's the same person. Yeah. Especially when it's like an Australian artist, people just tend to not realize that it takes time to listen to different people's accents. I mean, the way different people identify them, actually. Like, I was listening to this, the new album by Fundamentals and I literally thought the whole album was just Tucker because there's two rappers, there's Tucker and Jess One, two DJs. And I literally thought Tucker was doing all the rapping. Mm. And I listened to it like a second and third time and then I realized that Jess One was doing whole verses and I just thought it was Tucker. Mm. Like I, I lost that <laughs> ability to identify. But it's like, you know, when you collaborate with someone for long enough, you eventually... Yeah, you find each other. You meld into each other.
0: Why is usually the question I move on to about, like, all the effort that it takes to learn and embody and recreate? Why? Why would... Why bother?
1: Why bother? <laughs> I mean, because it's... Yeah, Because um, it excites me, because it interests me, um... Because I feel like I'm understanding things.
0: Mm.
1: And it makes me want to go and learn more things. Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel I'd like if you
1: that. ask that kind of question, then eventually you can be like, well, honestly, what is the meaning of life? You know, like, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, do you have, that? Do you have the answer for that too?
1: Um, maybe like uh, tea and hot chips on a Sunday morning. Mm. Together? Uh, I don't know. Sequentially? It's just, uh either or it's fluid (laughs) Um, yeah answer the meaning of life is we're probably in a simulation anyway so yeah Yeah.
0: but I do really like that idea that um, it's your responsibility to be interested and excited and you find the thing that does that to you Mm. and then that Makes you better in the world, and then that is infectious to other people, and then they are interested.
1: I think, yeah, that's it's just like if you're interested, then other people are going to be interested too, right? So that's why, kind of why in the work, it like I wasn't planning it to be become this improvised score thing that it has become, Mm. but I realized that it wouldn't be interesting to do. And like now that they're doing it, they can find things that are interesting. And I asked them, I'm like, after I watched like a run or something that I think wasn't like I wasn't very invested in, I was like, were you guys interested? And they were like, not like at parts. And I was like, well, why not make yourself interested? Like you have the freedom to just make yourself interested. Mm -hmm. Even if that involves just leaving, like leaving halfway through, like that is available. You can leave the room. You can just go home and be like, well, you did what you needed to do in the moment. And that's the kind of important thing. If you're not doing that, then you're just floating.
0: Yeah. And there's some embodiment as a way of, Unpacking something That gives you an insight And understanding into it I feel like I know Jaden Smith <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: I could be an impersonator
0: Yeah, well a lot of good comedy acts Really rely on mm, Impersonation, impersonation. Yeah. Um
1: Do you remember that comedian long... T- oh, it wasn't a long thing. It was like seven years ago or something. Um, who held the puppet, which was like the skeleton of Osama Bin Laden. Yes. I don't know his
0: name. But I didn't yes. know him and either. But... I remember seeing photos because I remember this other puppet comedian called Strassman that came to Darwin when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he had, yeah, a couple of little puppets. Like Chucky... Uh, that's scary yeah (laughs) that's like comedy
1: at all yeah I was talking before about um, Saddam Hussein and I feel I've been talking a lot to Luke about this yesterday and today as well like I feel like this strong connection to Saddam Hussein Mm. and it's happened really suddenly and really surprisingly and it's not like I want to be him <laughs> and it's not like I respect him in like a kind of reverent way or anything like that but like like we have the same name my middle name is Hussein it's spelled differently but it's all fluid <laughs> um, and I've been doing a lot of uh, I'm reading this book right now by WJT Mitchell, which is like cloning terror. It's about the war and um, about images being used as this method of like uh, inciting maybe terrorist acts and things. So I think terrorism is also something that
0: I mean, well, whatever terrorism is. Just, I don't think we know what it is anymore. No we have buzzwords for it. Yeah, but, but you you can mobilise entire nations to fight against something that you don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah, there's. This really fun anime called "A Boring World" where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist. That's the name of the work. <laughs> yeah. so it's cute. a series. It's a subgenre of anime that, like, a high school students set in Tokyo, and I forget what the sub. That sounds like every anime. Man. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's such tight lockdown on knowledge of your own. Body and you know, sexuality and reproduction and sensuality, and, um, that and there's like full SWAT task forces and porn is outlawed and um, your words are monitored so like you ha- everything has to be referred to by puns or double entendre or things like that. And there's a one woman called White Scarlet maybe, and she. She's on the Student Rep Council, but secretly she runs a terrorist organization whose goal is to spread information about, um, basically about what sex is and how it leads to babies and how it functions within a loving romantic relationship. so she's constantly trying to find, like, old archives of mm. um, anatomy drawings or of pornographic images and then reproduce them and then spread them. And that's her, um, or, like, sabotaging events that are about uh, celebrating their ignorance um, as, a, as a kind of form of being super moral or something Mm. and she like goes to train stations and Mm -hmm. leaflets everything with these terrorist images so is it it terrorism that's what she says that she's a part of because there's like the authoritarian network of the government who says that this thing is wrong and outlawed and banned and immoral and she's taking the stance that they're wrong about that and that that's a terrible world to live in and so what she's doing is causing all of this trouble, but still what she sees is necessary. Yeah. What's necessary is
1: a good question.
0: Yeah. What is necessary? To,
1: like, give people that information? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, there's, like, there's a scientist girl who's really awesome with purple hair, and she's trying to work out how reproduction works, and she's been studying these flies. And she catches videos of flies having sex, but doesn't understand what she's seeing. And at like a school assembly, the um, the main terrorist girl locks, like somehow, calls all the teachers out to something else, locks all the doors, and plays this video, which is just a science video of like reproductive um, process of flies. And all the high school students are freaking out, like college age students. So it right? is Sarah. Bodies, okay. This, yeah. I don't know wow. what's going on, and then like, the malefactor bodies are responding, and like boys are starting to notice girls and stuff. <laughs> all this weird shit. So that's really interesting. Mm.
1: The concept to like bring about a form of terrorism. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, what do you do when you feel an affinity for a, <laughs> a character that you will never meet, and you can only know through uh, History. media sources and
1: yeah, reading media sources is really interesting
0: because
1: mm. um, in this, well, I mean, I think there's just a lot of. Well, the reason that I first kind of noticed this is I was reading this book because I was trying to understand the role of the image because the work is like a series of kind of repeated, reconstructed images, Mm. maybe. Um, And then they show this image of... I'll show you just the cover of the book because it's like pretty relevant as well.
0: Okay, it looks like person, red t-shirt, the stars embroidered on blue cloth as like a head sack, like the American flag stars. And could you say that's a white person or a beige person? That's beige. I mean, look,
1: everyone's really beige, aren't we? Yeah, it's true. A lot of us. Um, That's a work by an artist called called, um, Hans Hark, I believe, Mm. Stargazing, 2004. Um, this topic. is the kind of essay I'm reading, which is like a cropping of a book. Um, this is an interesting link he made of images. Yeah, yeah. That the image that I was interested in um, was this image of Saddam Hussein. Like a statue being covered by um, military personnel in Baghdad, Baghdad, covering the face of the statue of Saddam um, with the American flag. Mm. Um, and they put that on, and then realized that putting the American flag over the face of the dictator isn't actually kind of giving freedom, you yeah. know, it's not like an image of freedom and release to Iraq. Yeah. So then they took it down and just decided to just take the statue down like they're done with the rest of them. Mm. But there's something interesting with the covering of the face and the removal of identity, which I think is also does a lot in kind of
0: terrorist actions and like... I wonder that about... Uh motorcycle riding Mm. because the person just becomes like this body
1: on this. they do it's so impersonal
0: yeah because of the helmet and I've only thought about that in relationship to apparently people will give you a wider berth when you're on a push bike if you're not wearing a helmet because they see that you're unsafe wow yeah they still yell shit at you I've had shit yelled at me. wear a helmet but actually they're more careful with me if I'm not wearing a helmet (laughs) <laughs> so sometimes it's mm. safer. It's that weird thing. There's also this crazy book that I've been trying to remember the name of, that I'll link to. But it um it talks about these. It goes through time, intergalactic time, and when nations with like planets were fighting each other and. Civilizations being annihilated, and one really advanced civilization didn't really take part in the physical annihilation. And in the end, they just, like, uh, like not telekinetically, telepathically, like, pointed their focus towards all these people that were destroying each other's planets and just kind of manipulated them to see love instead of hate or like sameness instead of difference mm. and then the fighting stopped but to me that what I realized is that's not actually less of a yeah. war it's just less it just has less um,
1: conflict
0: maybe? yeah it has less explosions yeah but you're basically trying to you're just changing somebody's mind mm. so that they're not fighting
1: Yeah, there was a similar scene in um, The Voltron, Legendary Defender. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on Netflix. It's like a new show. Um, And there was a scene where they ended up in a parallel universe where, like, the the main characters kind of, like, descended in a way from, like, Altaeans, which were completely wiped out, except for, like, two people. Um, And then they went to a parallel universe where they weren't wiped out. And they'd actually grown to encompass kind of like a lot of the universe.
0: Mm.
1: But what they were doing is all the few kind of aggressive, violent nations they were implanting um, yeah. to properly control them so they were safe. Yeah. And they had to make a decision to either stay in that parallel universe where their people were,
0: yeah.
1: like their people, um, or leave. Like, do you want to stay in the place where the people you kind of love and know? Mm. The people you're related to, you know, your people are,
0: but it's kind of immoral, or like they've become. Yeah, either they've been wiped out by the immoral, or they have become the force of the immoral.
1: Yeah, but they don't notice
0: that they are. It's kind of major problem. Of course, well, nobody thinks. No one thinks that they're doing the wrong. They're doing the wrong thing. Absolutely, and I, I think that about like. It always, it always seems like people think that the one question that we have as a society is the first time it's ever come up so like Mm. marriage equality, people are acting like it's the first time anyone's ever said who can and cannot marry they're not remembering that people used to say you can't marry between race, then they're not remembering that people used to say you can't marry between class then they're not remembering like across national borders or like between different peoples or tribes or whatever It's like the question has always been there with people saying no this is the way it's always been forgetting that it has always changed Mm. Mm. and the same with the vote like I used to be of the understanding that it was just you could vote in Australia you had the vote if, unless you are Aboriginal and then recently Aboriginal people got recognised and got the vote and then I got told actually before that women didn't have the vote, of course I remember that from watching Mary Poppins the <laughs> suffragette movement yeah. but then before that even white men of social standing, if they had no assets meaning land, if they had no land holdings then their voice wasn't valid uh, mm. so actually that's always changed as well which is context and it's all fluid. It's all fluid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so fluid. But that's the nicest thing about dancing instead of essays because somehow an essay really nails shit down. Whereas what you said about the piece that you're working on, what's it called?
1: don't know. It's called um, How to Be As Close as Possible to Jaden Smith, but I'd actually been Jaden Smith. <laughs> No, I had no idea.
0: Early <laughs> stages. It, it sounds like what it does is exist but never exist, meaning that you can have an experience of it, but it doesn't exist on its own somehow, separate to being experienced, hmm. either by the dancers or the performers or the audience or the essay reader.
1: Yeah, and I think the statement... That I'm kind of thinking about of, of, of like that should have been an essay is mm-hmm. also like, questionable because essays it's hard because it's, it's not impossible but like it's it's different and hard to like experience it in other ways than what it is like you can't read an essay and then subjectively have like a kind of really altered opinion in the way that you can with like performance or kind of
0: contemporary abstracted art. Yeah, that's what keeps me in yeah, it definitely. Yeah, there's there's so much potential in everything which is powerful. But yeah. Um, Or there's the potential for simultaneous contradictions like I want you to hate this character but understand them or see yourself in them Mm. or I want you to love this character but feel that the path that they've chosen is immoral.
1: Or like just even the fact, like it's contradicting the fact that I think that work should have been an essay but like I wouldn't have come to that realisation or like learnt that kind of thing unless it wasn't an essay like it's good that it was like really not what I wanted or not that I thought it should have been because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have done it myself. Yeah, you yeah. know? I wouldn't have... Well, I may have, but I wouldn't have come to the same conclusions. Yeah. Like, we need bad work just as much as we need good work.
0: <laughs> and yes, yeah. it's all subjective, but like... But somehow, I, I still hope that everybody's striving to make good work. we just making true work. Oh.
1: Maybe. And not true as in like things that are only tr- the truth yeah but
0: true is in like <laughs> like you actually have the desire and the need and the interest to yeah. follow this thing yeah I think that about country music in that there's a lot that I would rather have no radio on in the car but there's one song that I mad- that I love that probably never would have happened if the whole canon hadn't progressed to that point that um, mm. Jolene, you know the song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty famous, it's pretty awesome. It's an incredible song. Yeah, and something good somehow needed to be a part of something that I don't actually buy into, mm. or enjoy, or chase, or follow, or support. But a lot of people do, and needed to, so that the that I like could happen. Mm.
1: Yeah, it was like, it was born of um, this kind of weird necessity that, mm. yeah, what's necessary and what's
0: mm. um, efficient well, to create. Yeah. This is what I think about, like, just people, how Australia now has these cities, these metropolitan zones, but they still have, like, a lot of people still have the mannerisms of their um, parents or grandparents that grew up outside of cities that were like rough or took up a lot of space or were quite loud, or.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a contradiction, kind of, you know, that we're asked to be in these places, but at the same time, you're asked to be who you are and where you're from, but those two things can't really. Mm-hmm. Well, they can coexist, they do coexist because it's impossible for them not to, but. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but somehow where you're mm-hmm. from is a time as well. Yeah. Which is gone. Yeah, I've been facing
1: a lot of my um, own thoughts recently, and I've been talking to my father a lot about it as well, because you know, he's an Indian man that grew up in South Africa during apartheid. So that's like...
0: Do you have to do the pencil test? Uh, Candy Bowers was telling me that she had a sister, I think, or some, one of her friends had a sister that passed the pencil test, but she didn't pass the pencil test, which is like, put a pencil in your hair, and if it stays, you're black. And if it falls out... Right. I don't know about
1: that. I should ask him. maybe. I mean, and I'm not like... So does he have a South African accent? No, nah, he's got like... I mean, it's not like Australian, like, you know, as I said, accents is all the places you're from, but yeah, it's right. kind of hard to identify hey, with Yeah, Yeah, it's another mission. It's a ghost. <laughs> um... But then it's it's interesting because, like, so, like, there's no way that I haven't absorbed some of the attitudes that he's got got from growing up through that. But, like, I've got those attitudes, but I'm not in that same environment. Oh, yeah. Not at all.
0: It's a very extreme environment. For sure. When my dad first moved to Darwin um, as a young man from Outback, Victoria, (laughs) there was still... Where's he from, Victoria? Like, uh... Bendigo, Swan Hill. No that way. That's like where my family's from. Shit. Like Think my family knew each other. Probably. This has happened to me before. Maybe. We'll look into it. <laughs> um, but the pub, the like all the pubs still had a like a service window out the back wall for the indigenous population of Darwin. Hmm. Mm. So that was his normal and his reality. But then he also had a lot of friends that were married with Aboriginal women and would have um, mixed race children. And so there, that was never the issue. So, like, the normalcy is what you said that, like, actually it's so fluid that it's self contradictory in how to treat who, when, how.
1: There's never an answer. There's never an there's, answer. There's never going to be an answer.
0: Which is why dancing is awesome.
1: <laughs> Which is why dancing is so good. Um, I mean, I guess this is the other problem that, I don't know, I feel like I often just have, well, often recently, been having a lot of um, discussions of myself and thoughts, and I've been writing a lot. And, like, it all, I feel like I'm always just spiraling down to this position where I realize that, like, the way that, like... I'm trying to articulate something is even contradictory because the way that we articulate is um, so uh, indoctrinated, you know, and it's so formulaic that, like, you know, and it's all a social construct as well, like language, everything. Um, So there's no way to properly argue any point. So what's the point? I'm not sure. Dancing is the point.
0: Yeah, Um, because this is the thing at the end, at the end of it is that there's still this f- embodiment of the physical world that we do and we can share mm. that is expansive rather than reductive. Yeah.
1: Um, and it feels good. And it feels really good at times. I think, yeah, I've also been at very odds with dancing, but mm-hmm. I already feel like a little more comfortable with it now. I don't know, the way you say it is comforting just in the attitudes that a lot of other people say it, I feel like I don't want to be a dancer, but it's impossible not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's something to be uh, wary of. But it just gets complicated, I think, discussing who's a dancer, who's an artist, who's not, um, yeah. with the same problem of articulation and language. But I agree that there's something that's interesting about like that, we can learn from each other with that kind of performative aspect, or not even maybe just the understanding of um, kinesthetic relationships.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, even if the only thing that I learned from BCA was how to breathe properly, oh. I feel like great. Great yeah, deal. Man. I Had an Uber driver a couple of days ago, that I don't think he's ever learned how to breathe. Properly, I mm. was really stop-start. Unless I made him nervous, I don't know. Don't think I'm that intimidating. <laughs> I think that for me, I've been dealing with a real difference between dance as an institution and form, mm. and dancing yeah. as lived experience and shared experience. And I see the power in dancing. Uh, But then I also completely buy into that getting to your full potential within dancing requires practice and training. It doesn't, like, that training can come from yourself from video hits or it can come from um, a teacher who may or may not be related or may or may not be paid or whatever. But there's just that thing that, like, if you really want to hit a high note in a song or something, you can't get there with if you don't mm. practice and give yourself the tools required so it means that your reality is not uh accurate to your feelings and it would feel nice to hit the high note and so if it's going to feel nice for me to be able to do a coin drop or a headstand <laughs> then I have to like go through the process of how to the tools of how to do it and then once I get past the tool learning stage then you can whip it out as an embodiment of how you feel,
1: and then you can share that. I'll yeah, right.
0: share that. Yeah, and and then you have to be aware as an artist of context, and like what whats what is what you're doing, saying in this context, and why did you feel like doing that? Like, I'm... yeah, why did why did you do that? Is like yeah,
1: that's another statement that like I think is worth asking
0: a lot. I'm very interested in, because I don't really have a good self discipline for making myself do dancing um, or practice or rehearsal, but I do really want to dance and I have a hunger to dance, but not all the time. And so what I have to do is know what activates that for me. If it's like a particular song or outfit or temperature and then put all those things into place and that makes me want to and then I'm compelled to do it and then I do it so you feel like you have to
1: formulate your your environment properly Absolutely. before you can
0: actually that's yeah. even if even if the only thing I've formulated is my self talk yeah by yeah. Um, watching someone that's inspiring and then getting inspired or by watching some comedy routine or talking to somebody or whatever there's like even a mental environment that I'm operating within or a physical environment like if I don't feel some kind of sore muscle then I'm, I start to get itchy I'm like ooh I haven't used this thing okay. for a couple of days yeah, right. but that sore muscle can totally come from just like cleaning the bathtub for the first time in a few months or whatever and then having to scrub hard and then getting sore for our muscles and it's like a it's like progression like it just means that
1: you know you're progressing and changing oh yeah it's nice and I think that's one of the things that
0: we search for a lot yeah. um it's like the balance between existential terror and boredom to the point of depression <laughs> is like being on some kind
1: Those of... Those are the project. two extremes, you reckon? Those are the extremes, Existential yeah. terror is yeah. There's
0: an excellent depression. Um, essay about it in a blog called Melting Asphalt. I'll send it to you. It's real good. It, yeah, it basically says that you need to feel like there is direction, that you are stimulated enough through challenge, but not too much... <laughs> I feel like um, one of the things that
1: we've been using in this project is this text from this um, a YouTuber slash um, video game, competitive video game uh, gamer called Sesco. Um, he's like a really small minor guy. I found him through some other YouTuber, which is on YouTube. Um, I think he was both. He found a point of existential terror and brought to the point of depression. And it's one of the most interesting. He like did a vlog for the first time. And it's one of the most interesting kind of texts and um, moments of realization and understanding of self that I've ever heard someone have. And it's got 200 views or something on YouTube, you know? I'm like, fuck, man, this is the thing, this is the thing. And he talks about that kind of stuff. He talks about, like, you know, he says, like, I'm probably the gamer you've never heard of, especially in an environment such as YouTube where gaming is, like, a such an enormous chunk of that mm. environment and just of the internet itself, you know? Um... And he like he's aware that people aren't going to take notice, mm. but still hoping they do. And still at the point of existential terror that knowing they're not, but mm. he doesn't know how to reach this point. But uh, it's just, I'll send it to you. Mm. It's an amazing monologue. <laughs> yeah, I'll link to it so people can watch
0: it. Yeah.
1: Get him above 200 views.
0: <laughs> Get this man the <laughs> recognition he deserves. I set it to my homepage so every day it just starts. Yeah. <laughs> open my browser. Yeah. Should do it. Like
1: I don't know. How else is he going to be? Everyone's got something to say there. Um.
0: Yeah, but not everybody's thought about it.
1: They're
0: mm. ready to talk before they're ready to think.
1: Mm. Sometimes you need to do that though. or especially as a start, because otherwise where are you can to go unless it's you just true.
0: It's true. do that? Definitely, yeah.
1: I was reading a lot recently about um, a, a written article talking about free speech and like everyone has the right to free speech, but not everyone has the right to a platform for free speech.
0: I think wow. that's pretty important. Yeah, but what the internet's done is given platforms.
1: Yeah, but then the internet is still taking away platforms. Yeah. In the article, they talked about um. Uh, it was like some neo-Nazi kind of website and GoDaddy shut it down like it was under GoDaddy's domain because they violated their terms and conditions by inciting violence hate speech. Yeah yeah And then they yeah. moved over, you know the neo-Nazi website moved over to Google and then Google shut them down. They were like you guys are taking away our free speech, but yeah. they're private organizations, yeah. they don't actually owe them shit about no. giving them a platform. that's no, so, true. And I think that's something a
0: lot of people don't quite grasp. Yeah, exactly. That there is a, a threshold or a standard of to hold. Mm. Any other epiphanies that you want to bring to the fore? Oh, God. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, another thing that like, I think my collaborators are getting pretty sick of hearing from me mm. is that every time I offer them a decision, I say... But also don't do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So you have the ability to make these decisions, but also it's interesting not to make decisions. I think I'm just really um, comfortably lost, well actually comfortably lost is maybe an oxymoron, (laughs) but um, occasionally comfortably lost, occasionally existential terror area lost. Um, it just I don't know everything's valid so what do you
0: do? Yeah well I think I uh, experience the thing that has been crafted or shaped or what the decision's been made and then I notice when I'm jarred out of the experience by a decision or an aesthetic and then I try and get rid of those things because usually I'm going for some kind of uh, more than pedestrian moment or moments of experience and so if, if somebody picks their nose and it doesn't jar me out of it it's valid but if they pick their nose and I'm jarred and like oh, okay I'm out I don't believe you anymore that suspension of disbelief that you're there mm. and I'm here and we're watching this thing that you've rehearsed 20 times like I don't want to be aware of that
1: but then still like when you are aware of it you'll come out of it you'll still have learnt stuff, you'll still have understood stuff, so like the uh, invalid invalid nature of
0: it is valid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And all it is is like whether I'm with you or not. Mm -hmm. As the viewer, and when I'm the choreographer I try and pretend to be the viewer, or when I'm the dancer I try and
1: pretend to be the viewer. I think that maybe that um, idea of jarring or like doing uh, I think that something that prevents that or something that is never kind of jarring well never and no, it's an absolute mm. I hate absolutes <laughs> absolutes it's stupid um, it, it's kind of I think one of the things I really appreciate are just things that are efficient I think efficiency is yeah. a primary goal in understanding for me like you don't just do what you need to do to
0: achieve the thing you want
1: to do Yeah. you know because then that the, that like brings down the idea of like
0: Access, yeah, it's which is like unnecessary. Minimum effective dose is what they call it in medical, and then, um, minimum viable product or something, so they call mm. it in entre- like startups. Yeah. yeah, you just need to get the software working and then go and get people using it, and then they'll tell you real quick, yeah, what you failed to think about, which is like you do enough work so that you can give it to people to see and experience. And that's when the work keeps happening. Is when it's with.
1: Yeah. And I guess the other issue with efficiency, though, is that all of those decisions, and from any other person's point of view, is, again, subjective. So, like, like the work. The work, the, the, yeah. coming back to you, yeah. was incredibly inefficient, I think, yeah. for me. Yeah. You know? It was just, like, a lot of money went into it, a lot of time, and I don't think that it educated me as much as it would have taken to write an essay about the topic. Mm. But then the thing was the topic became irrelevant. It was more like what happened in the performance physically educated me. So it's all valid. (laughs) It's all fluid. And efficiency within um, Super Smash Bros. Melee is a big thing. I am. Efficient movement. They make um, mods and stuff so that if your character is still, yeah. and you're able to move, but you're not moving, it like flashes green for a second or something, or like it's green at any moment where you're not using your time. appropriately. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, people play whole games, and if they're never green, perfect. Yeah, wow. Perfect. Jeez. They never wasted a second. Imagine if that happened
0: in real life, if you were so, wasting yeah. time or something. Yeah. I just constantly that's what I yeah. do and then I just reframe it as knowledge gathering or something experience gathering because like, yeah, yeah. at the
1: same time you can't really waste time because
0: it's so know. beneficial yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely work against your future self but, <laughs> sabotage yeah, yeah definitely there's the
1: possibility for sabotage but there's no like harm in having tea and hot chips
0: on a Sunday morning
1: <laughs>
0: no Maybe unless you, yeah, unless you, you're allergic to those things.
1: Yeah, unless you've like said chicken salt, you've used side <laughs> Cool, missing. Cool, Matt. I always call you Maddie C in my brain. Rad. Do you get Maddie C? I used to
0: that used to be my signature.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know how. I was always. Yeah. I guess different people. Someone that I worked with recently started calling me girl. And I <laughs> call her up. Or boo. But is that a specific like for a your to
1: you nickname? A what? Is that a specific to you
0: nickname? We she give it to other people. She said it's to I don't know. Do you feel special? <laughs> I do feel special. Cool. So whether it is or not intended. I feel it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's smell it. Yeah, I like the idea that boo or girl can be as across genders as mate or buddy or. Mm. Mm.
1: I always call myself Endigs. Really? Yeah, it's a progression. Originally it was Endog. Yeah. That was like high school. Then it came Endigity. Uh huh. indigity was cool, but it was a bit too. When Puffy
0: became Diddy. What? Puff Daddy became P. Diddy.
1: Right, yeah. Well like, um well, oh, it was too much like no diggity. Uh, that was yeah, a problem. Yeah. I was like, I shouldn't I don't wanna like lie myself with something uh. then I found N Diggs
0: and it feels safe. <laughs> it feels safe with a Z. Ooh, with a Z. Nice. One person calls me that. Alright, well everybody you've been listening to. N Diggs and Maddie C. N. Diggs and <laughs> Maddie <laughs> C. <laughs> Smashing it out. <laughs> Done for now. we we'll do. We can have another discussion in some years, in mm. some years in the future.
1: Well, maybe our discussion will transcend space and time. It's like a virtual discussion because you know this like kind of event will probably be playing in our heads sometime over the next few
0: years, so it's not going to end. No, you're right. Until so the next one starts, it's more a continuation. Like somehow you say words and they hit my ears and then shit happens in my brain. And then that sparks thought. Yeah. and feelings. Wow. next thing you know you're, you're Jane Smith. <laughs> <If I don't. laughs> you? Thanks, Miss. Thanks, Maddie.